Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. That's gonna make the fin difference between winning and losing! Welcome in to 11 Personnel. I'm Nick Roush with Adam Luckett. For tonight, we're going to talk about Kentucky's Gator Bowl championship victory. A little bit later than normal in the week. We had uh, a basketball game. Uh, we had, um, you know, people storm the Capitol. It was a weird week. Um, the football game seems like it was forever ago, but we're still going to talk about it. And I think as a programming alert moving forward, Luckett, I think we're going to have to record Wednesday nights for Thursdays, just with, for most cases, because usually Kentucky's playing basketball on Tuesday. But either way, we're still going to keep this puppy up and rolling. That works for me. But the transfer portal and draft decisions and the coaching carousel really getting ramped up this week. It feels like well, bowl season was month month or two ago. Oh, there, there's been so much that's happened, like. We haven't even played the national championship yet, and there's so much off-season <laughs> content going on. Hey, why don't you sod that a little uh, off the beard, the microphone off the beard? No, my fault. Oh no, you're good. No, you're good. Yeah, there. It, it, you're, are you doing the? I don't. I'm being lazy, so we're not shaving the beard. Kind yeah, of thing. for sure. Yeah, yeah. New year, like, new me, which means went, very lazy. Went, went to Florida, and I was like, I'll just shave down there. Never got around to it, <laughs> and it's gotten so long. It's like I don't want to spend the time it takes to fix this up so it's just kind of going right now so we'll start there how was it how was jacksonville jacksonville was fun man yeah they had good weather number one first of all that that's the best thing you want it's what's most important that's why you go to golf and then uh the game like the biggest thing i would say going to a game that's social distancing required is just the tailgate and pregame atmosphere is just I mean, it's non-existent. Yeah. And so for for someone who's gone to games their whole life, that's, you know, a big part of it. That was weird. But once you get into the stadium, like, it's obvious, like, not very many people are there. But the, the get, like, the atmosphere kind of, like, you just kind of lose yourself in it, I would say. Like, it's just like going to any other normal game. But you have more room around you to move around or you got to go to the restroom. You don't have to wait in the line. So mm-hmm. that, that's, that's always nice. nice. If you wanted something to drink or eat, you don't have to wait, you know, a big line. But, uh, but yeah, I would say, I, I'm, I mean, that was my first game going to a, like a real COVID like game. Um, that would be, that was, that was the, that was the biggest, I think, impact was it's just, yeah, just the, when you pull in there. The, especially for a bowl game where like the Citrus Bowl in particular, you had just so many people and you had both fan bases there. Belk Bowl last year was kind of cool in that, like, you know, they got somebody playing music on a stage and they're handing, you know, they got, they're selling beer in the parking lot. Like, it's a big kind of like, all right, let's get, let's, let's freaking go kind of atmosphere. And it was the noon kickoff and you start your day early and you're kind of feeling out the crowd. You can't do that. And that, that, that stinks because the bowl game, you get typically get a split crowd. So, like, was, did NC State travel at all? 
Like yeah, how... they had, there were some chunks at NC State. I would say Kentucky had a little more, but there were NC State fans there. But that's okay. another thing about it. Like you go to a bowl game, you get to learn about what are these. As Moose joins the podcast, what are <laughs> what are these what are these what are these uh, fan bases like? Um, how do they act and interact with Kentucky fans? There was none of that, obviously. Like right, I, I couldn't right. tell you what. I, could, I had no NC State fan reaction. <laughs> it was the entire well, afternoon I was there at the stadium. NC State in general, too. Like, man, they're weird. Like, from a trying to follow this team basis, like, typically you find some sort of journos that, like, cover the team or something. I mean, hell, even in their post-game press conference, they had two guys asking questions and then the local person from Florida, and that was it. It's like yeah. – it, it that was very bizarre. So I guess NC State, in the midst of Tobacco Road, you've got so many schools there that I guess like, you, you know, instead of having the Herald Leader and Courier Journal both covering you one school or something like that, you've got like the Charlotte paper and then a bunch of really small papers who have to cover like five North Carolina schools. I guess it's four, or Duke, North Carolina, Wake Forest, NC State. Mm-hmm. So I guess that splits them up, but still that, that made it just weird to try to get into it and figure out who they are. Um, but the, I, even, even so Kentucky was ready to come out, rip their heads off and talk trash while they did it. And that's what I'm most curious to look at. Could you hear Kentucky jawing from the stands? Because there was a lot of jawing. There was a lot of chippiness. I, I even got asked about that by some people around me. Why, why, why is all, are all these penalties? I don't think the officials did a good job, um, very good job of handling all that. But no, they they thought we're gonna fight fire with fire, and they just made it worse. Yeah, like they just frustrated the players. But, but that's more. just I think that's Kentucky's mo. Like we're just gonna bowl bully games, the hell out spe- of you. Well, especially in bowl games, you get out of the SEC. We saw last year with Virginia Tech. We saw the the Stoops versus Franklin, mm-hmm. Penn State. We didn't see much of that against George. Well, we did see some of it. Georgia Tech. I thought Stoops was going to rip a referee's head off in the first edition of the Taxer Bowl, but Northwestern. I think that was a team they really res- respected, but the refs really got got on their nerves. <laughs> yeah, but, they uh, respected Pat Fitzgerald, um, right? Yeah, Northwestern's not. They're not. They're not much for trash talk either, though. So I don't think you could really got it though. Yeah, yeah. Verbal it's like whenever we used to play Cal before all fours got there. And it's like, you know, they're the mm-hmm. Christian kids. Like you can't even, you know, they, they would say like good play. It's like, how do you trash talk somebody that says good play? It just annoys the hell right. out of you. Um, but you know what though, like it, I like it because especially in a game like that where I just think if you like you look at how Kentucky builds this roster and what they recruit to, you gotta have some of that chip on the shoulder saltiness to you and sometimes you're gonna go over the line Mm -hmm. like the trash can incident with Louisville and Lamar Jackson (laughs) that was over the line but man it's a rivalry game like some of that stuff's gonna happen so like that I'm fine with I'd rather have an edge than to be the just uh, push around Kentucky Oh yeah, and like have some bite, have some bite back to you. Especially when your 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 strength is with your big guys. What the what's the point right. of having some muscle if you're not going to use right. it? Right. But really, the the game was a microcosm of the season. <laughs> it was it, K- Kentucky on offense. They pushed people around. They moved the ball. Their run game looked good. They couldn't pass the ball or the lick. They couldn't finish drives. 
in defense, when Kentucky's defense forced turnovers, they won games this year. And that's what happened in the bowl game. The defense mm-hmm. forced turnovers, and that's what won them the game. The ground game on offense and then being able to force turnovers. And luckily for Kentucky, they made the big special teams plays in the game. Mm-hmm. Where NC State was – they Man. were that's how they won a bunch of close games was because of special teams in Kentucky. That kicker stunk. And he was good. He was four or five from 40-plus yards going into this, the game. <laughs> he got one little deflection, and then it got in his head. Kicked it games ball. are weird, man. They're and just... then Max Duffy. So, I for, like, I guess it's one of those things that you just gloss over in the game stats, but you don't realize it until the dude's about to block your punt. But that guy, 31 for them, had three block kicks this year, including that game winner. Like, the dude, that's just – He almost blocked an extra point. The first extra point when Kentucky yeah. went up 9 nothing. I mean, and he was all over the place. So shout out to Duffy. I know um, he talked to that uh, that Aussie outlet that was just like, you know, we don't give a <laughs> like. This is nothing new to us, but for us, that was that was incredible uh, to just go skirt skirt and then blast it off. And he was like, "Yeah, I'm, I thought it was a bad kick. I was more worried about that." And everybody's over there pumping me up on the sidelines. I'm on Sports Center, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, didn't see that coming. It went viral. That and the Brandon Eccles. All right, the Brandon Eccles thing was objectively hilarious. Yeah, that was. I got a good chuckle out of that. It only, like, just it just sucked that he like literally got the puke knocked out of him by Vito Tisdale. Ten yeah, minutes that later. dude drops hammers, man. Jesus, he's gonna get so like. He's gonna get a couple guys. Oh, he's gonna get some targetings. It's like yeah. it's like Stenberg. You know, it's, you just gotta be like, pro- well, just the cost of doing the price you pay. Yeah, um, there was one that didn't get enough love. One trash talking incident, and I'm sure you've gone back and watched the game by now, look it, because that's mm-hmm. just what you do. But after Hawkman threw his first pick, yeah, the Bohanna, yes. Bohanna's <laughs> chasing him to the side. I hated that they cut it off. They I wanted cut. to see how that ended. I know, because like. I'm, first off, like, what's he saying to him? Like, yeah. secondly, the fact that he's just like you have this big, like, three hundred sixty pound dude just <laughs> just jogging with him, jawing the whole I time. I laughed out loud when I saw that on the on the, oh, the rewatch. It was so great, and dude, you want to talk? I mean, I think you you describe uh, his game well. Rag on. <laughs> yeah, he just can't, he just doesn't have the mustard. That, that, the, the, the two interceptions were just cover two. Yeah, and he, and he just, just couldn't, get, it. Through, couldn't get, get it through the hole. <laughs> it was I mean, that's terrible. It's so <laughs> bad. It's like very basic stuff, and it's just like just put it on a line, put it on a rope, mm-hmm. and he couldn't do it. Right. And then the second one was that wasn't a great throw. He got pressured a little bit, but Square made a really good play. And fortunate, the ball kind of just found J- Jamin Davis. Yeah, constantly. yeah. But the the other which, two, they were bad. I mean, which, that's by just, the way. Like we we've given Jamin Davis a lot of credit for being a good tackler this year, but like, how many times in previous years were were Kentucky football players just inopportunistic? AKA ball hits you in the numbers and you don't grab one to it. Davis had that pick, and then the one against Mississippi State in the end zone. Those yep. are just plays that just bounce to him right. We just take for granted, but you cannot as a Kentucky football fan because we've seen them for years and years and years go the other way. The Marcus McWilson, Louisville, when he dropped that interception. What was the – was it Florida where it went, it went from like interception to like 50-yard gain or something? Well, Jeff Bidette against Georgia. That's what that's what I'm thinking of. Jeff yeah. Bidette. Yeah, it was the other way around. It went from huge gain to picked off. 
Mm-hmm. just dumb but th- that's one thing we haven't given Jamin Davis enough credit this year he hasn't got enough credit Phil Steele finally showed him some love not only did he make him a second team all SEC selection he made him a, an honorable mention all-american now I'll do that Phil, Phil hands out a lot of awards but still to to get that tag is uh respectable so shout out to jamin davis yeah. we're he's one of the few guys we we still haven't heard back yet from but um the the vibe i've gotten is that he will be returning um because from my understanding aside from one kid who it's kind of a long shot with trevin wallace that kid from georgia who was going to sign he was boss college commit college was going commit, to sign yeah. with auburn and then gus malzahn gets fired right before signing day kentucky's in there it's a long shot but that's really all they're looking at right now. So it makes me confident that about. Jamie Davis is going to come back for another yeah. year. Um, thing with the UK's defense next year that I've really been thinking about this week is you got Pascal on three down. You got Davis as your inside linebacker. You've got Corker at safety. So all three levels, you're going to have a legit guy that could be a first-team All-SEC performer pretty easy. All three guys are draft picks. Mm-hmm. So you just talk about knocking it at each level, having a guy. And then uh, <laughs> Moose is really Moose wanting is to butt. be on the episode this like week. Right in, in your face, your butt <laughs> and, face like it. <laughs> and then Weaver, if you get Weaver back, what he did this year in a short sam- in a uh, smaller sample size, mm-hmm. like he's got a chance to be really good. So I just I, they, the defense is looking in tip-top shape for next year. They lose Bohanna, that's a big piece, but you've got Marcall there. You hope mm-hmm. these the 2020 D line class takes this jump forward. Right, right. You got some pieces on defense, man. You got to figure out corner a little bit, but you got some bodies there. Um, yeah, so and Valentine played well in uh, in a pinch. Uh, I mean, they threw right at him to start, but he He's has got that force. I, I like to see that though. He came up, made a nice the, little tackle on a big receiver, and forced the fumble. Oh man, his closing speed is impressive because especially when you're playing the kind of zone that Stoops likes to, and, you know, he likes to drop the cover three back, play soft underneath. Yeah. You've got to be able to close quickly on those screens. And, I mean, the, the one in particular, I mean, he was on him like white on rice. I mean, three yards down the field. So, mm-hmm. um, and if you, you, you give him that when you're playing that kind of defense. So, I thought Valentine played well. I think Mosley played a little bit. and He played some corner, yeah. Yeah, which, which that was what I think he played. In Juco, it probably mm-hmm. fits him a little bit better. So you could see him getting more of that action next year. That was a guy I hadn't even considered returning. Um, so yeah, me neither. And I, I think like it. I, I don't. I don't want to completely get off the Gator Bowl, but I think we're up to like a dozen guys returning now. Which it's a lot. I lost count. And it was. It happened quickly too. I mean, Josh Ali had a graphic ready quicker than Boom Williams was ready to get the hell out of here. The and last time we at the Gator right. Bowl, yeah. <laughs> Remember both, uh, I think, got out there early. And Zach Johnson. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, Kennard is who we talked about last week. Kind of the sell we brought up was this. It ended up being the reason he stayed, it sounded like. that He even said it in the press conference that Josh Allen and Mike Edwards' results played a big part in him coming back. I mean, hell, he talked to Josh on the phone <laughs> beforehand. And Josh kind of explained to him his situation. And – that, I mean, you know, all, obviously there were a bunch of different factors. You know, he, you want to get his degree um, because 
when his mother had him, she didn't even have her GED. And then she ended up with four different degrees. So like there is plenty to work for. And I think too, when I mentioned him playing guard at the next level, you know, he had the right answer. I'll play wherever they want me to play, but you know, that guy wants to make tackle money. Um, so I, I, I yeah, think I mean, coming back and playing, time. coming back and playing left tackle is, I think that's got it's written all over him. Yeah. Come back, play left tackle, do well enough to to move up from day two to day one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the sales to get he get in the first round. And if that, I mean, I I, I I want actually I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on this. I want to I want to come back to the game just a little bit more because. You did a depth chart today that I, we, we need to get to, but I'm going I'm to hold off for just a second because, like, it, the, the A.J. Rose, I don't know what it is about bowl games in him, but are the, is that the two best games of his career, the, the Gator Bowl and the Belk Bowl? Yeah, they're up there. I mean, I can't he, – he didn't score a touchdown, but he had 12 – it was only twelve carries for a buck forty. And yeah, change. he had three, or I think he had three or four carries for over twenty yards. Yeah, I mean, it was almost three, all three, chunk three, plays. Three carries for over twenty. And then the yards one he plays. ripped off for like forty something. So like, it, it it was great to see AJ go out on top because he's a guy that is frustrated as we might have gotten with him in short yarded situations. He was what you needed him to be, and that's an explosive guy. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think moving forward that's what you hope smoke would be but like i i the the the, the change of pace guys I, we we know the formula now you need muscle guy and you need explosive guy and explosive guys can be frustrating at times but when they pop runs man they pop runs and and rose did a good job of that throughout his career finished top 10 in rushing and then had a great way to go out in that tax layer gator bowl um because Kentucky, I mean, aside from, you know, some some Aaron Rodgers, let's get the, the snap count and get him to jump off sides. Kentucky was kind of struggling to move the chains there, and having those big plays really let you just kind of exhale some like it. Last, uh, the first touchdown drive really came on all the big runs, and then when they went up 13 nothing, the thing that started that drive was a Rose run. They got them rolling, uh, moving forward, mm-hmm. and then the, the illegal formation. I mean, dude. Really- that and I'm saying dude a lot tonight, but my God, you're in game happen. eleven and you're yeah. not lining up on the line of scrimmage. Yeah, that can't. That, that was Terry's best throw he's had. Yeah, it was best God. throw of the game. I can't even recall. Uh, yeah, a heck of you know who I thought day. played well was Isaiah Epps. Yeah, um, he missed that catch on a free play, but he made a good effort. It was you know he had mm-hmm. an extension. He probably should have made it, but. He moved the chains a couple times on some slants, one on a slant and one on a, I think a dig. Mm-hmm. I thought he that was I thought he played well. Um, that's not that's some a guy we haven't really seen much of, but um, that's guy entering his fifth year next year. I think he's a guy to keep an eye on. See if he's he can maybe make a jump. Did I say on here that I don't ever expect Isaiah Epps to play for Kentucky ever again? Because I think I might have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. But Something, you were the only one like he just hadn't played in a while. I just he kind of screen transfer. Yeah, I mean, it just something felt off, uh, and I just I didn't see it with him. So kudos to that kid for coming out and fighting. And the way Freddie put it somewhere else where we were talking, I don't remember where, but I, I feel like a lot of those guys use that game as a trial. And 
They look good. There's, I, th- I thought the pass catchers look good. So, I mean, you know, they always didn't get balls put where they needed to be, but they look good. So, um, happy for those guys. And uh, that, that that's what they needed to do <laughs> to, to kind of show us, like, hey, we can we can do something. Yeah, I don't want to get it, sit here and give them too much credit. I just thought Epps showed a couple things. I give them um, a little bit though. We, I'm, I'm not gonna, we're not fighting over passing stuff today though. Like, right. we're not gonna fight over Terry Wilson okay. legacy. Um, who he's entered the transfer portal, which didn't shock either. I'm, I'm, am I speaking for you when I say that neither of us were shocked? Like, I don't no, think. No, I mean, out of if turn. he still wants to play, right, he's gonna go somewhere else. That's right. <laughs> that that's, that's how it goes, and we don't have to sit here and get into the well. Who's part? Who? Yeah. Why was the I passing mean, game go wrong? It's like, well, almost everybody was a part of the problem, and that's why almost everybody is gone. It's just, it is what it is. I just think for Terry, it was a hard year to end on. I would get why you would want to give it one more swing, but for Kentucky, it was just time for mm-hmm. it's time to turn the page. Exactly. Everybody's he, moving on. It's just he got new, a couple good wins. He got to the sheriff coming to town, right? When, when, whenever that drama happened in the middle of the season, we talked about how just don't, don't let uh, bad things just ruin your legacy here because yeah, he don't has a legacy. Twenty eighteen reunion, right? Exactly. You you can't ruin that, and he did it. So I'm I'm very happy he came back. He got two wins in his career. Became the first. Uh, UK quarterback to go for 3,000 and rush for a thousand. Uh, so you know, in it's also kind of odd, like it that we're in a Kentucky football is in a position where they're letting a the door is open for the quarterback who's won 17, 18 games to go out the door. That that's kind of shows you where the how bad the passing game is. That it's like, well, it's time to. Time to move on, despite also, the success on in the in the win loss. It's game. also a double edged sword. Like, what could they do if they got a passing game? You know, yeah, they won true. this many games with without any. Yeah, without much with a you know the worst passing offense in the SEC the last two years, and then the year before that wasn't that much better. So, what can you do if you upgrade the pass game? Which is why they made the move. Yeah, um, for Terry, it's just it's just time for everybody. It's time for either Bo Allen or Joey Gatewood to get their crack. Not Nick Scalzo. Not Nick Scalzo. In the portal, in that 2019 class, Nick, there's a lot of transfers in that already. Yeah. Both quarterbacks, um, Devonshire off the pit. Mm-hmm. Trey Wilkins is in Juco. He's I think Kayvon Butler's at Toledo. You know, there's just a few. I and mean, there might be a couple more coming, too. Yeah. 20, that, that class is getting a little thin very quickly. Yeah, that one. Not not looking great. Uh Scalzo, I, I think you kind of saw the writing on the wall. I felt bad for the kid. Yeah, you know, knee injuries never really gave him a chance. Right, right. Um, but as far as people that are staying, though, you created a depth chart today that I'm about to pull up. And I think it's pretty spot on, except for the part where there's just, there's going to be some more guys to leave that we don't know about yet. Right. Um, you know, I, I don't that's know. That's exactly called the who. way too early depth chart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the thing that's important here, Luckett, I thought Eric Wolford was going to have to find four new starters on that offensive line. He just needs to find a center and a left tackle. Well, at center, 
Quentin Wilson has been, I mean, he, he's already graduated. He's been waiting his turn. The guy's going to know what the hell he's doing. And then at tackle, you can you move Kennard to left. And Nasir Watkins, he's played a ton of football for them. Mm-hmm. If, if he doesn't work out, you've got a highly regarded Juco guy and then your highest ranked recruit in this class. I mean, like, I think the biggest question marks between that and then the slot receiver having Josh Ali back, there's 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 not really question marks. It's it's it gives you hope that if if the scheme was the problem, that there's plenty of pieces there to fix the problem. Number one, when we talk about this class or this class, this offense, it's all going to be about quarterback. They have to fix that position. They have to get some more productive play at the quarterback spot. But they have some strong pillars to lean on. When you look at this offensive line, you got one of the best tackles in college football. You've got a three-guard rotation with Horsey, Fortner, and Dotson. They should feel really good in. You've got a mm-hmm. you're losing the best center in program history, but you're replacing him a guy his fourth year in a program who started a couple games at guard this year, who's played, he who the coaching staff thinks highly of. And then at tight end, that might be the best tight end room. In college. It's top five tight end room in college football. Yeah, you, you have year. you have them in pecking order, but I mean those guys are just going to be constantly rotated in. Yeah, one of the pleasant surprises we just haven't been able to get around to, and some of it was because he was injured. Really happy with Brendan Bates's development. Yeah, he he did get injured there, but he showed some signs where I think mm-hmm. you could feel pretty confident in him in twenty twenty one. You recruited um, Dingleland really too, right. and and the fact that. You know the the Rams, they're good and heavy. They're they're good out of twelve personnel. Uh, you just hope that you one of those guys be, can be an H back because I don't think right. I don't think Upshaw is that. He's he's too talented of a pass catcher. He's he's so damn tall too. It's hard to get that yeah. low to the ground to block. Just the physics of it. That might be Dingle's ticket to get on the field early. Um, for him and uh, Bates, I think it's going to be a lot of proving they can block in unique ways. Mm-hmm. Um, because Upshaw's more of that spread type guy that you would like to get out. Um, and hey, up. they did a just throw it up and let Upshaw go get it in the bowl game. Love to see it. Yeah, they, they did. Love using the biggest guy on the team to just throw it up to him. It's it's almost like I've been there and done that. <laughs> I, I, I did. In the big dog fence, I did not love for its own play calling. I will say that. I had some moments like, what are we doing here? A little the, bit. The pitch passes got a little. It was like, okay, we get it. We we ran that into the ground to Josh right. Ali. <laughs> right. You had you had a couple of fades in there. What you was had, the? Uh, you fourth, threw it twice. You th- you Ali in the first position. There was there was a short yard situation. Where, start well. It was it, third and two at the forty at the NC State forty, and they threw a nine route to Bryce Oliver. And that's. It's not Terry Wilson. I was throw. like, I was, yeah, I was like, what are we doing here? <laughs> but at NC State, their their run defense is really good, and they really had Kentucky really in short yardage situations all year. They had been really good about mm-hmm. and NC State gave them some problems. Yeah, so and that was that made for, life a little more difficult. For as much credit as Tim Beck gets as an offensive coordinator, too, what the hell is he doing? Not giving Bam Knight 
25 carries a game. Yeah, that was the only – when I kind of broke them down, that was the only real complaint I had about that offense. Like, I think he did a really good job, but Knight should have got probably I mean, 200 carries this year. He kept him in the game in that second half. He set up that scoring drive uh, right before half, which shouldn't have been a scoring drive because Jordan Wright, I mean, I, I'll i go blue in the face. That, that play just made – that anchored me. I did yeah, not he had, like he that He had play. a couple moments where – there was another one, I think, on a drive they kicked a field goal – they threw it to a Mezzi short. It would have been third and 12. Oh, yeah. Instead, it ended up that. being like a third and five. So, he, they got seven free yards just because he couldn't get a guy down on the ground. And I think some of that, too, like it, it, it comes with the you think you're a badass. It, it has that double-edged sword where it's like, all right, well, I'm just going to go for the kill shot. And you don't just keep throttle, your outside yeah, just, shoulder free. And the just dude throttle just down and – grab yeah. and then wait for the convoy right exactly so you know it, it you give you take um but ultimately kentucky they did enough to grind out a win and we we've talked about it for the last year and a half when we've been doing this podcast the bowl games don't mean anything but they mean everything mm-hmm. just having this momentum where you know it sucked losing to Florida and Alabama in consecutive weeks, and you've only got three wins on the season, and you know that there's going to be some coaching changes. Things felt really bad in the moment. To go out and beat the snot out of a South Carolina team that you love beating the snot out of, and then to go and bully an ACC team, a top 25 team at that, in submission, and win a Florida Bowl game. That's huge. Just, I mean – like when we were kids, I mean, uh, I don't know, you're an old man, but I mean, I remember how big of a deal it was when Louisville got to go to the Gator Bowl and Marcus think, Vick yeah. stopped on him. Like the Gator Bowl, even though it's, you know, you want more if you're Kentucky, it's still a big damn deal to be there. Yeah. The record Just, doesn't say it, but that's that's a huge win to keep this momentum rolling as as Mark Stoops makes significant changes in the program. Wasn't that long ago where you had the Gator Bowl on NBC, Capital One Bowl on ABC, the Outback Bowl on ESPN, all on New Year's Day at noon to start the day off. Mm. And just bounce, and they were all th- usually three good games. You're bouncing back. Capital One, which is now the Citrus Bowl. You're right. bouncing back and forth, and then it all kind of – it led up into the Rolls Bowl at five or whatever, and then that led into the Sugar Bowl or Orange Bowl, whatever the game was that, that night. That's yeah. how New Year's Day was for the longest time. Yeah, that was and great. It's just, not, it's just not like that anymore, and it stinks, but that's just – I will say they did, they did having the playoff games on New Year's Day, it was good to have days back-to-back where you had some pretty solid games. And shout-out to Texas A&M for that cover. What a cover. What a cover <laughs> that was. I mean, my God. Tie ball game with three minutes ago, and you cover yes. that, sp- that two-score spread. That was impressive, um, but yeah, I do. Uh, the January first, January second, back to back is nice, but it just it eliminates that week. That week's usually pretty fun, and they're just it was pretty barren this year. Well, and COVID it. certainly hurt, yeah, COVID hurt because I was looking forward to an arc. Like, think about how much fun it would have been to see Sam Pittman on the sidelines New Year's Eve going up against red face Gary. Yeah, I needed that know. on. That my New Year's Eve wasn't the same without the yeah, that I was, was looking forward to that, to have it on, watching it up until the ball. we had just like a bunch of hacks up on stage somewhere in New York with Planet Fitness yeah. signs all That's over the That's the place. most I've ever watched of Dick Clark's 
New Year's Eve, which was only like 15 minutes, but it was fit, fit, wait 15 more minutes more than I wanted to see. We were, I was with some friends and we were playing a game, you know, there's like six of us. And every time somebody went on stage, it was, who's, who's that? That's what I was doing. I was like, <laughs> who are these people? I felt so old. I was like, what is he? Who are, I was usually, I was pulling out my phone. Like, who is this guy? It didn't help either that they had everybody in mass, but I mean, the the whole thing on Matt, like I, I, I get it that you want to like set a good example, but they they wouldn't let him in there if they didn't test negative. You know what I mean? Like like the coaching thing. Yeah. When they're finding these coaches, I mean, how many times have they gotten tested? A gazillion. Like they don't have COVID. How how big of a deal is it to have that? That always felt like a little bit much. It's but, an optics thing for sure. Yeah, yeah. I like that Stoop said the day before the bowl game though. He's like, "Man, I was worried. I'd make it the whole season and get popped the day before." <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, like it. Do you have any more on this bowl of Gators? Just a good like to discuss. In a lot of ways, uh, the season was a disappointment or wasn't fun. Um, I mean, for a multitude of reasons. Talk about the, you know, from yeah. Farman's passing, offensive ineptitude, Chris Oates, COVID to yeah. Chris Oates. It, you know, you lose quarterback all drama. Play Alabama, and you lose. You have your, you know, three most important players maybe aren't playing. It. Yeah, so all of that, but I think they ended it in a good way, and you got some positive momentum going into it, which I think is always key. And for Kentucky, like I think the, the big thing I've come to conclusion to this week is just the program where they're at, they're just the core of it and the culture they've built. Like they've got a thing going on now where this season, we came into this season thinking it could be a breakthrough year. It didn't really bounce, the balls didn't bounce their way. But it's strong enough where good players still want to hang around, maybe for a little bit. No one's really in a hurry to leave. Mm-hmm. You don't have a lot of good players transferring out. Like you're going to have your attrition, but most of that's going to come from. It's for Kentucky. It seems like it's coming from guys that aren't starter level or whatnot. And so you're coming back. So now you're talking in yourself into next year. Well, hey, they can win eight nine games next year with this roster if the quarterback hits if the offense improves at all the defense is still going to be the same maybe even better so i just think they've really they just built this thing to last right now and it's in a really good spot and next year they're going to have a really old team and it could this year we thought it could benefit them because they had an older roster it really didn't but it might it might play out where it was actually the year after it benefited them because it allowed them to get some guys back that they necessarily wouldn't have we're not necessarily at least so far a lot of teams aren't aren't benefiting from that it seems like from where i'm sitting when you look at ali fortner key cogs that are that are coming back for an additional year there was a uh, it was one of the seniors it was either drake or landon and because there was a lot of talk leading into the bowl game about culture and i I think it might have been drake it was drake i'm pretty sure i think right after the citrus bowl like that that was one of the big memories he had of his Kentucky tenure was how Stoop said, you know, we're not just doing this for a year. This isn't just to build a team. This is to build a program. And this was the test. Is is the rubber band, is it stale? Is it going to snap when you bend it, when you pull on it, when you twist it? 
and it didn't break. Uh, mm-hmm. the, 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 the pieces, like you said, at the foundation were strong enough to keep this thing together because it, they had every excuse for this thing to, to fall apart, for the wheels to pop off. I mean, like, every excuse in the world. So to keep that together and then not only, not only to, to keep it together, but there was that stretch. I mean, you had Georgia, Georgia by Vandy, Alabama, Florida. That stretch to end the season after going through hell and high water. You had a coach down in the middle. Of, I mean, that was the worst possible month you could have happened. And to not just completely lose it all to keep everything together, it's impressive. It really mm-hmm. is. Um, so, yeah. The, the culture thing, it's, they've done a great job building it, but that's something you've got to build every year. Like, and a lot of that starts with your seniors in-house, um, setting the tone and leading the way. And I think Kentucky just had some really good senior leadership. Mm-hmm. But that's what you kind of would expect. When offensive line is like the, um, the main focus group of your team and kind of your identity, um, that's really, you know, an unselfish position to begin with. That I think that had a lot to do with it, and it certainly helps that those guys are from Kentucky too. No, yeah, you're definitely right about that. So you got to keep – I think you have to keep moving with that. I think their culture did hit, but they came out the other side with it intact. But that, that the team culture is something you always – you just have to keep working on and working on. It's like – it's just not full – it's not a guarantee to be here next year, but I think they built it up enough where they they can take some hits from the outside and still still be standing. And I think they went through – a few storms this year for sure and they came out the, the right side and now you're building into next season where you're gonna have a chance to do some things if the ball bounces your way you've got a pretty manageable schedule i think when you look at it if it stays pat mm-hmm. there's gonna be a chance to, to you see you breaking in new coordinators you know right I well i mean the non-conference is really what i really look at you've got three games against three bad teams not counting mobile well four they're bad. Okay. Well, for, yeah, with four, yeah, yeah. and we don't know how the Satterfield thing's going to go. Like you could see that getting off the tracks, right? Right. Um, and to go back to the culture thing too, especially to have guys like Fortner and Kennard coming back, who are, I mean, especially Fortner or excuse me, Kennard. That dude, he yeah, was mean, he was so ticked off that they blew the play dead for an injury timeout when he was slow to get up. I mean, that is one guy. He's going to keep some people in line. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're bringing in a bunch of new coaches. I mean, Vince and Bo Knight are the only ones that are staying on offense. So having that in place where the new guys are just going to have a – what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Learning curve? Yeah. because there's certainly going to be a different feeling where they're going to bring some juice in, but they're not going to have to get the players on board as much as they're going to have to buy into what the program already has in place. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's there's not, not going to be much coaching on that all line. Yeah, and that this, dude too, Wolford, man, he he's just got to have the personality to, to be on their ass. You know what I mean? Like to, to, to keep that fire underneath them. And I, and I think he has that. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's a, we, we don't know much about the guy. We've only heard him once, but he at least has that. He, he fits Mark Stoops's Youngstown culture. And so like having that kind of continuity there. Um, yeah. I mean, there's going to be some new, I think blocking schemes that they're going to have to learn, but, 
just from an experience talent standpoint, they're in a pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Wilson at center, you just never you've never seen him, and you're replacing a guy that's just been a rock right. for four years. <laughs> yeah. So that I mean, forty four straight starts. Yeah, that's obviously going to be tough. But you're probably like you can't ask for much more who you're replacing with. So I mean, it's all it all starts right there, and then. Like you, I, like I mentioned earlier, you've got some pillars to the offense with the O line, tight end, and running back group. Like, what I do you think, think should... about um, Jamal Singleton? the The resume, man, I, I just I like I like that hire. It just seems like, like that's kind of what you want. He's got pro experience, which I think Stoops is valuing very highly here lately. But then also he's got some experience where he worked for Mike Gundy and Todd Munkin at Oklahoma state. He worked in Arkansas. So he's got, you know, some type of experience in the sec. He's worked special teams before. So he's going to be able to be a scapegoat for the fans who get mad at special teams. <laughs> so, so that, so thank Mark Stoops when you're yelling at Jamal Singleton, because he's going to, he's going to be the guy falling on the sword <laughs> when the punter punts it the wrong way or the kicker misses a field goal. Cause it's a special teams coach. If the kicker misses a field goal. <laughs> I do. Just hearing him talk, he has uh first off, he's a military guy. He's a military yeah. brat growing up. He's born in Turkey. I mean, the household he grew up in, his father, African-American man from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, who's a sergeant in the Air Force, marries a British woman. And that was described as a posh British woman. Can you imagine the accents in that household like it? Oh no, no! I can't even I can't even begin to those fathom. military those military lives are wild. Yeah, I mean he's all over the place. Around. It makes Crazy. sense yeah. though to go from that to coaching, where you're you know all yeah. over the place. Um, but you're just kind of used to it. When he was with the Bengals, he was living in Northern Kentucky. He said his family loved Kentucky, so it makes sense. He had the connection to Brad White, and I really liked what he said too when they asked about. You know what traits do you look for? Like, like do you look for in a running back? And he said, you know, the thing that's great about running backs is like good ones come in all shapes and sizes, and you don't have to test great to be a uh, a great running back. Like, look at Clyde Edwards-Alaire, dude's awesome, and he ran what four seven. You know, so mm-hmm. that I really liked the way he said that because Kentucky has a lot of different guys, different shapes, different sizes, different skill sets, and he's got to be able to unlock that and figure out the best way to utilize them. That was a very NFL answer to me because if you're a position coach in the NFL, you have no control over who they're giving you. It's just like, this is who you got coach them this way. So it was very like, you know, I can kind of make some match. We can figure it out with whoever, um, when he was talking, that's why that, that sounded to me. Like I've, I've done it with all, we can figure it. We can figure out a way to be productive. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, I mean, Wolford brought that up too. Uh, in his intro, uh, that that's the NFL. They've all said that about having to be versatile. And, um, you know, he talks about being a special teams coach. If you want to play in the NFL, you have to play special teams, which makes me think like, dude, boom, Williams needed to talk to that guy before he decided he was go, yeah. going to go pro or whatever the hell he wanted to do, because mm-hmm. that's that that was boom's ticket to, yeah. to playing and it didn't work out. But, um, one I, more thing about say about Singleton with the special teams. This is not just me promoting my Bengals fandom, but Darren Simmons, who's been the Bengals special teams coordinator, is one of the most highly thought of special teams guys 
in that league. Oh, okay. So that's a guy he got to work for for two years. Um, probably probably stole a thing or two. That's just something to keep keep in mind. That he's like we're talking about the McVay tree a lot, but um, mm-hmm. that he that he was with the Darren Simmons there up in Cincinnati. I think it's a big deal. They can they might have a thing or two to bring down um, as far as some unique special team stuff. I do like that. Uh, Larry Vaught was like, so how do you think of Max Duffy as a pro? <laughs> He's like, I haven't watched him enough, but I, he did. I didn't realize how much different the rules are that really the reason why you don't have the Aussie style or rugby style at all in the NFL. And that's just because you, you can only have two guys go down. You can only have two gunners. You can't have everybody take off once the ball's kicked. They got to wait till the ball's kicked. Which I had no idea that was the case, but it makes sense because if not, those dudes would be getting destroyed, absolutely destroyed. Yeah. I mean, then uh, it it added up in my brain. Which, by the way, while we're on the NFL, Super Wild Card Weekend is really just not a creative way to go about it. But I don't um, care; it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. <laughs> like, dude, who, triple he- triple header Saturday and Sunday. Oh man, that is just a great freaking idea. Is there one game in particular that you're looking forward to watching? Bills Colts, I think, is going to be a good one. Bills Colts Titans Ravens are the two games I think I'm excited the most to see. My, I got a friend that's going to be at the Bills Colts game. His uh, his family's from Buffalo and they got tickets. He's he he's he's already sending me Snapchats. He's up there now, so he's very excited. Uh, that game's gonna be great. I think I I do th- I do think that the favorites are gonna win in each of them. But I, the, uh... I the Lamar the Lamar playoff thing. I could see him getting off the snide against that bad defense because the Titans defense stinks. But the thing is, like, it's not going shock. There's gonna be a dog that wins at least one, maybe two. And I just can't see the Bills being the one that loses. Only thing I say, the Colts are better than I think people are giving them credit for. I think they're pretty good. It's just, I, can you and see Phil coach. Rivers in the snow, short-arming it down the field? Yeah. that that That's the part where I don't see. What I can see, I'm fading the, the Bucks. I don't I don't trust that yeah, team. They've, I, I see they've beaten so many bad teams this year. Yeah. I see what you're saying, but they, I can also see it the other way. Like, I can see them making a run. Oh, it's one or the other. They're 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 losing to the Washington football team, or they're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> there's no in between. Like I can so see them beating Green Green Bay in Lambeau. Like that's the exact type so of profile happy. of the team they lose to all, all the time. Like Green Bay's lost that game, like that home game, where they're number one seed, like the last two or three times. I feel like it would it would make me happy because my my radio co-host, if y'all don't listen to me on the radio, Kentucky Roll Call. Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. We're on podcast, too. Check us out on iTunes. But TJ Walker, huge. And he's a former KSR, too. Huge, huge, huge Packers fan. And I just, he gets so, uh, like, the day after losses, his, like, rage, I can feel it in his <laughs> belly. You know, it's like, it's such a, oh, my God. And his eyes roll. I just, it, it, I, I love it. I love it. Um, he had a take this week like it because you mentioned it about how Kentucky needs to hit on the quarterback spot. We ended up arguing about it for two days and I told him I wanted to punch him in the face on one of them because his quarterback take was that he wants UK to keep an eye on the transfer portal 
And if they've got a guy that can win now for them, go get them. Go get them to be your starter because Kentucky's going to be too good to waste that talent on bad quarterback play next year. He doesn't want any unknown in his quarterback play. I'm taking some liberties. I'm sure there's a little bit more nuance to it, but that's the bare bones of his take. What say you, Adam Luckett? Here is why I'll uh, defend TJ's take a little bit. I think it's imperative for Kentucky that Bo Allen be good. Yes. Like, I think it's so important for 1,800 different reasons. Um, Because if he's good, you can really – I think it's going to give them a chance to really take over the in-state recruiting. I think it's going to change the outlook on recruiting, developing quarterbacks, because that's going to give a guy that they – to make good themselves, it's going to give Cohen somebody to point to and in, uh, instant proof of concept and all that. But if he's not like if he's not ready this year, you can't just throw him out there just because. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to. I think you have to be very careful with this. So if it's just a stopgap, if you found a you know some transfer that you would want to come in and maybe even give him a maybe let him take the early. Um, burn early. I think that's very important. Um, just for that 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 one specific reason, you can they cannot mess up this Bo Allen development. Like he is vital. He's the he's future in a lot of different reasons. But just because he's the future doesn't mean you have to throw him out there as a redshirt freshman, in my opinion. So, and I think the numbers wise, they need another body. You can't walk into the season with two quarterbacks that you can really depend on. Last time they did that, they were they had to go to Bowden. Well, here is the reason why I got so infuriated. It's because he can't be you like you can't be proved negative like wrong. And the fact of the matter is, is most transfers that reach his level, uh, like reach that muster, you know, that are good enough that like okay, you can come in here and start and be good enough to play. It's like Jack Cohn from Wisconsin. He's the closest person to that that fits that bill. Yeah. Jack Cohn from – like I'm taking a chance on Bo Allen before I'm going with Jack Cohn from Wisconsin because eventually you've got to roll the dice with one of the kids you've recruited. The transfers, I feel like there's a ceiling to them. Now, you know, maybe you get lucky with uh, – he mentioned some kid from FAU that's in the portal. That kid, they're not going to take – he's got off-the-field issues. Yeah, well – there's also a – I mean, really – I'm pulling so, up the portal right now, okay, and I'm just kind of scrolling through it, some guys in there. You've got um, I mean, Garantano. If, you've got Nicosi Perry from Miami. He looks like a new one in there. Yeah, he got in there today, and I don't think he's worth – like, I, no, I'm fine. I'll take Joey Gatewood instead of Nicosi Perry. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. A lot of these guys. Oh, are I, I get it. Like the Bailey Hawkman rag arms in there that we just talked about. Right. Now, if you had a guy like Jamie Newman or, you know, guys who were. It's just good, the thing. Kentucky's not really getting those guys. Like that's what, that's what I mean. That It's so hard to pass this muster level. Of, yeah. Like if you're going to be good at Texas tech, then you're going to go to Georgia or you're going to go to Oklahoma or, you, you know what I mean? Like you have for Kentucky, they have to get like a guy like, like Anthony Russo, who's from temple had a solid career in the G5. Now he wants to take that swing. Like, But Michigan State, like he's going to be their starter next year. They wrapped him up. Like Those guys want to be starters. They don't necessarily They're gonna come want to go in. Right, right. 
Yeah. So, so it's, just, it's, it's just, it's tough. It's tough. Like what, like it's going to always be tough for Kentucky when going after portal guys, because especially at this position, because you're really looking for insurance right now. You know what I'm saying? In case something went wrong. Um, but if I think if something fell in their lap, it's something I would definitely think they need to, they need to visit because, like I said, they have to make sure Bo Allen's a hit. Now, hopefully, Perfect World, he'll just come in, be a quality starter this year, and then you got him for the next three years to really grow. Um, but if he's not ready, like I mentioned earlier, it's just you don't – I'm just really worried. There, I just You just don't want to stunt his development. Like I look at a guy like Austin Kendall. He's got one year left of eligibility, Nick, yeah. who was a Kentucky target. Really wasn't that good at West Virginia. No. Just, for a, just for a warm body, though um, – He's got some familiarity with Stoops. Like, he'd be worth bringing on just for a year. Just to have for numbers-wise, in my opinion. A.K.A. Sawyer Smith. Right. Yeah. Which I I wouldn't mind either. Uh, But for TJ's – his thing was get a starter. And that's that's tough to do because, I mean – Well, if you do that, if you do that, Gatewood's gone. Yeah. and, And also, that's what we thought Gatewood was. Yeah. But and, his caveat right. of proven, proven is very difficult to find. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I'm not so worried about Allen, and I, I mean, I, I should be more because when was the last time Kentucky had good quarterback play, you know? But I do think that in Cohen's offense, to the extent that he runs with the Rams, there's they're not going to put a lot of pressure on him. They're going to set him up for success. Uh yeah, this isn't there's like just a lot of own, there's unknowns. I mean, we don't really know what Cohen's how, you know, yeah, we don't yeah, really know what the offense is going to look like. It's, it's and then with Allen, it's just don't want unknowns. It's just you don't like you've got you've got pieces there to really have a good offense if some other things hit. You just hope, yeah, that, no. that they don't miss out on it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's it's about time that Kentucky hit on a quarterback straight out of the recruiting and not going to this damn transfer portal. <laughs> I'm just I'm hoping that Allen's the one. It would be significant if it is, and like you said, we are we're not going to know until we know. There's there's a lot of unknowns, but you know what? It's football. <laughs> eventually, yeah, right? Eventually, you just got to like, you know, play it. Play the. Game. I don't know what spring ball is going to look like. But this is a fascinating spring for Kentucky football. Just to see what kind of – what does the, just the base of the offense look like? What do the defense of guys, especially the 2020 guys that are coming in, how much better do they look? And I don't know how much we're going to see in the spring, if there's even going to be a spring game. But it's I think, a fascinating spring. I'm, I'm hoping that they still have a spring game because I really want them to script Kentucky scoring like 70 points. You know what I mean? I, I, I want him to light yeah. it up and throw it around. The old the Bobby Petrino spring game? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, I think we'll have a spring, and I just think it'll be like a delay. Maybe instead of 15 practices, they only get 10 or something like that because yeah. they had such a long yeah. practice season last year. Well, I, what I thought is they would just um, delay it. Like everybody would go. Until April. No one would start, start until April. April, and you would go into mid-May. Yeah. You would take a break around finals and then finish maybe your last three or four practices before going home for a little, you know, whatever the break they give them before moving back for workouts. Right, right. But that's they, how they, I figured it would work. They do need to get a spring though. They're not back on campus yet. I know that for at least another week, maybe two. Yeah, they could. They deserve some some of that extended yeah, time yeah, off. They they need it. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, you know who isn't taking any time off? 
that damn coaching carousel, Adam Luckett, that damn coaching carousel. And it is not, my man. Well, except at Tennessee. <laughs> Hiring freeze. Sorry, not happening. They did get Hayden Hooker out of the portal, so at makes, least I don't, you know that that feels a weird fit to me. <laughs> yeah, it does. So at least Kentucky can kick his ass once again. He played good against UK, though. I'll give him that. But that well, they ran the ball passing wise. He, he threw that one great. touchdown on Eccles. That was pretty badass. That I don't. I forgot who was that. The it. one that the guy that like barely like I think it was more of a great catch than. Oh, it was. It was. Yeah, I think it might have yeah. been Hazelton too. Yeah, it um, was. I think now you say that, but uh regardless Tennessee so they have to fill the void left by Jimmy Brumbaugh but they can't because they're investigating them into recruiting violations for kid that signed at Georgia and then Eric Gray who was their leading running back this year so oh man I I love all of the hiring freeze mm -hmm. jokes yeah did you see that today those were great yeah well, yeah, well, and, and they were capitalizing the F. Get it? Hugh Freeze, hiring Freeze. <laughs> yeah, we, we got it when it was uh, when it wasn't capitalized there, man. Um, it just <laughs> smells like. We, well, first off, it, we all know how that's going to end. Like he's getting fired. Mm-hmm. Not it's not if, but it's when now, and it just smells like they're trying to get him for cause. Yes, they're just they're hoping to, to find twelve million bucks to get him for cause. And if they can't find something, then I could see it being like a June firing or something like that. And then maybe you go interim for T Martin with the years June. and then you fire, then you hire freeze after the season. Ooh, what about Fulmer for a year? You know, he wants that, it. That would be on the table in that scenario. <laughs> he wants but, it. Oh man. I, yeah. Please come on out. We can be, I would like <laughs> to see that. Please, please let Fulmer become the Kroger field and please let normal, <laughs> normal fan activity be there. Oh man. 70, that would be, I might take the week Fulmer. off leading into that game. <laughs> mentally psych myself oh man but you know what if they did go that route and waited that long then you've got other people trying to get you freeze you know what i mean that that's kind of well that's where it, gentlemen's agreements come into play uh, that's true i mean we all know about gentlemen's agreements uh, <laughs> oh man uh, but the thing that the other coach that they need to replace Fields, right? Is it Mike Fields? Is that his name? Who's the offensive line coach? Will Friend. Will Friend. Sorry, I I I just got the F in there. But he went from Tennessee to South Carolina, and he's Friend, real good buddies with Mike Bobo. Well, it's they haven't agreed to stay at South Carolina on Beamer staff for what a week. Yeah, Beamer announced it a little over a week ago. Like he had a press conference announcing the assistants, and then he took questions about them. And then now, Bobo and Friend, they're going to Auburn. <laughs> and Brian Harrison, the former boys that got poached him, and, man, it's got to make you not only happy as a Kentucky fan because you're take, you're just irritating a program that's trying to get up on its feet in your division that just can't seem to do anything to mm-hmm. get off its feet. And then those two teams play each other next year. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. But – for that, I think South Carolina, they were paying Bobo $1.2 million. And I think a big reason why they were doing that is they probably told Beamer, like, let's keep this guy around. He's got experience for you. We owe him a lot of money. We're trying to save money. we got to pay Muschamp a trillion dollars. 
Very and now cool. it kind of it gives them some wiggle room because he he hasn't hired a defense coordinator yet, so maybe it gives them a little bit more money to balance both those hires out, both defense coordinator and offense coordinator. From South Carolina perspective, they have a quarterback committed in the twenty twenty two class, who's a five star from Georgia. Which it's Bobo got him, so I think the goal was probably to keep Bobo around long enough to get that kid in school, and then see where you went from there. So you might lose out on that kid, but I think you were going to have to make this move eventually. So you, you just allow Beamer to make it right now and just see what he can go out and do. I'm trying to think of a few. LSU hired an offensive coordinator. They got Joe Brady's. Yeah. Uh, Did you see how much they're paying this guy? guy? I saw yeah, him the guy who sat next to Joe Brady. Yeah, yeah he made sure he had 1. enough spinners. Yeah, I saw that he's like in the same league as all of the big names. That, mm-hmm. that are coordinators, which is wild, but that's just LSU, man. They just they throw it out there. Uh, Bielema still in Drinkowitz's defensive coordinator. Yeah, that's significant. Yeah, they were good this year. He was a, a pretty big name, and then um, the I think the sm- best hire that hair. I mean, is is good as it was to steal Bobo getting Derek Mason as Auburn's defense coordinator. Like I, yeah, as, as much crap as you, you kind of, I mean, we, hell, we didn't even give him that much crap. We gave Vanderbilt I, crap. Mason's a good defensive coach. Yeah. The only thing he hasn't played in a DC in like a decade now. So he was at Vandy for a while. That's the only Seven concern years or so. Yeah. That's the yeah. only real concern, but that harsh and loading up on sec experience. Makes sense. Especially guys. when you're coming from Boise, you know? Right. Um, did you see that the interesting hire Vanderbilt made? Ooh, I did not enlighten me, sir. They hired Barton Simmons, who's the head twenty four seven recruit. You haven't seen this? No. When did this happen? He's going to be their director of player. They're calling him a general manager, but he's being their director of player personnel. It happened on Sunday. He hasn't been like I listened to a couple of podcasts he's on. He hasn't been on any of them this week. It hasn't, yeah, he hasn't, hasn't been tweeted. Fit- in- yeah. Wow. It hasn't been official yet, but I'm assuming announcement's coming soon because Lee didn't start until this week. And I like Barton on that. Yeah. Like, he's he's a guy that I, I do too. I, I enjoy. Um, but uh, that's an, I think that's a very interesting hire for Vanderbilt. Like that's an out of the box hire that he now he and Lee played high school football together. They went to high school together in Nashville. That makes sense. So the, that obviously that that relationship is there. But yeah, they hired him to be pretty much their director, oversee their player personnel department director of scouting so basically he's like he's not officially a recruiter but he's running recruiting he's almost like a chief of staff to an extent and i'm I'm man that is um it's pretty wild how 24 7's top guys have gotten poached for positions within the industry you had uh daniel's working for an agency now yeah yeah uh i think they had another guy lever yeah, they did. I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Or Corey Evans left Rivals or something. Rivals, like that's that. what it was. Yeah. 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 So that's pretty, uh, wow, pretty wild. You're seeing that more in a, all sports, kind of these guys that live and breathe, I don't know, just scouting or whatnot. Teams are like, well, maybe we should give this guy shots and this is what he does for a living. But, <laughs> yeah. But that's the first one really in college football I've seen from a full on media guy to bringing him in to not coach, but to run a support staff role. And that's obviously those support staff roles are growing 
uh, I, I'm very interested to see how that plays out. Man, Barton looks like such a Nashville dude too. Just like looking up his, he looks like the most Nashville, not like Nashville country, but like somebody who's from Nashville. You know, like a little bit of receding hairline, always has like five o'clock shadow. Like that, that that's the, of all the people I know that actually are from that area that live in there, they all got that look. I got that look about him. Except Clay Travis. He's he's Hollywood, Nashville. Um, I wanted to say there was one more coaching carousel thing. Oh, um, uh, Michael this is Smith, a big one. Kentucky receiver coach landed oh. in South Alabama today. Oh, okay. That's significant. Um, another significant one is something that's probably not going to happen. Uh, Brad White's like in the – if he's basically the break glass in case of emergency guy at Notre Dame. Yeah. They have Where, to – few guys have to say no to him to get down there. So their top guy is Freeman, who's Cincinnati's defense coordinator that I love during that Georgia game. They were showing the pictures of Freeman with his family and then uh, yeah. Fickle with his family. And they were like, man, imagine having all those kids in one place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, by the way, that game, the red and black versus red and black, I liked it a lot. Like, I, we, we – I liked it more than I thought I would when I first started watching the game. Somebody said it looked like a Atlanta Falcons inner squats is a scrimmage. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot to handle. Uh, but Freeman is Notre Dame's top target. Mm-hmm. And if LSU's they don't too, it looks like if the, it, so here's the thing. If they miss on Freeman, then it looks like they're going to go to Zach Arnett at Mississippi state, which if they got the three, three, yes, five, please. yes, please. Get it, get it the <laughs> yes, hell out please. of here. That's what so, I was. Yeah, yes, please. So get Freeman LSU, get Arnett out of Mississippi State, and make Michael H start from scratch. I would be, yes, please. I would be all for that. Yes, that, that's that, that's what I would like to happen. Oh man, well, I don't got much else like it. I'm trying to think if if we if we glossed over anything. I mean, well, we you had the Dan Mullen stuff, man. Oh, that's what it there. There we go, Dan Mullen. Whoo, whoo. He we has seen the, made quite the heel turn. He really did. In from reading, uh, it was Matt Hayes, who's covered college football for a number of years, wrote about the kind of he he described it as a pause right now where i guess i've always just assumed like associated florida with spurrier and talking trash and all that so i never looked at mullen's antics as anything more or less than kind of like spurrier but spurrier did it as a winner and mullen's antics have come as a loser florida has changed a lot too since then when Spurrier did it, they were – like, that was all new. They had never really won at that level, anything close. So, they were just like – They're up and coming. Their pants. Right. Yeah. Now, they're they're an established brand now. Urban came in there and won at a higher level than Spurrier did. So, now, I think there's just less leash for that. And Mullen's a dweeb, too, on top of it all. Oh. And he made – it, he made some dumb comments about losing a And M. He wanted the swamp full the next week. Yeah. It's just like, what are you, that you like? What are you way, doing, Dan? I didn't realize too. Like when they got the recruiting violations, you know, they were kind of slap on the wrist type stuff. I didn't realize just how stupid he was with them, though. Yeah, where he, just, he, he it yeah. was brazenly like, "You're not supposed to be recruiting right now." 
and he was talking to kids about when he's going to visit their school, which you can't do anyway for underclassmen. You've got to talk to their coach. And then when kids were coming on campus and a lot of kids did this this year where they, they basically took it upon themselves to have their own visits to campuses. Well, he was organizing coaches to come and like bring them through the facilities. It's like, what are you doing, dude? Mm -hmm. It's, it's like the one you can't do that right now. So Mm -hmm. just overall idiot. And look at the thing is I've, I've learned to hate him so much that I kind of like hating him, but he's been so good that, I, I would like to go back to the cycle of Michael Waynes and, you know, Ron Zooks and losers. They're coaching in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Like bring, I would be okay if they decided to bring more losers in instead of just guys that are easy to hate, but also good at winning football. The games. thing, here's the thing with Mullen. Like that was Michael Waynes roster for the most part still this past year. Like you look at Pitts, Tony, Trask. All those, and then he's had to he's had to hit transfers, too, especially on defense, because recruiting had they not had much success recruiting, so this is really going to be his first full team at Florida. I think this next year, we're going to have to see what they do at quarterback. They're going back to QB run, like what we saw the last three right, years. Right. You're not going to see really anymore. It's going to be Mississippi State offenses. Get a little but, bit of um, but one guy that comes but in they, off the bench. I forget his they name. Stri- now. They striked when they were supposed to strike. Because JT Daniels has now weaponized this Georgia offense. Oh yeah, they're it's, it's going to be they're going to be a different animal to deal with next year because of the offense because they can hit vertical plays. And Florida had a great year. They really st- struck on what was kind of, you know, all time skill talent at one at one time for a program to have. You had a Heisman contender at quarterback. You get in arguments how good that guy is, but you had a a freak and Kyle Pitts a tight end. A slot who's been yeah. proven for years and years. Yeah, he's, he's going to be one of a top 50 draft pick. Trayvon Grimes, who's a kind of a freak Big outside receiver. SOB, yeah. Right. You just had, you know, all this stuff kind of bounce your way, and it ended with them going eight and four. And you had all these guys, none of them wanted oh, to play man. in the bowl game for weird reasons. Love to see it. Outside of the pits, I would say. Like, why – like, what's Tony have – you know, he could play in the bowl game. <laughs> Some of these other guys, but they decided they decided not to. Marco Wilson, who throws a shoe, decides not to play in the bowl game. So they they just end the game losing three in a row. Now they're eight and four. Mullen's making all these weird comments, and their schedule next year, like they get Alabama at home. Their schedule, they have to go to LSU. They have to go. They put Georgia. Mm-hmm. So like you could see them taking a step back, and like I don't know, I could just see it. Like, Got to play at Kentucky, right? Well. <laughs> you you could see things. I could see things getting a little ugly for them. A little hairy. Yeah. So that's why I, I think that's part of the reason Mullen's like. I think personally, I think he's pushing hard to get in the NFL right now. I think that's where that came from. That came from his camp. He knew this is going to be a re- this is a really good year for him to push off of it. And there's a lot of unknowns about him. And especially while that that trend of hiring college coaches is hot. Uh, you yeah. know, the offense has been yeah. really good. That's, so uh, and it's going to be a weird offseason. It's going to be a weird offseason for him because he's he's going to get a lot of flack like this offseason. Mm-hmm. You know, some people were kind of sick of his little stick he's and, and built and, up. And the thing is, too, is that stick, I don't know if that's going to, like, it probably is the reason why he won't get hired by an NFL team. You know? It could be, yeah. And then, uh, 
you know all these comments he's made, like, you know, like Kirby Smart's probably got six of them written on a wall in the Georgia facility. And <laughs> yeah. they probably show him the one run wheel routes nonstop in their weight room in the offseason. So oh, like yeah. they're they're gonna be coming for one day that year. I just I don't I think they're gonna take a step back. It's gonna be interesting how Mullen handled that and all the antics this year. Like that's just stuff you don't do. Like mm-hmm. fight, try to fight Missouri. Like it's he went Missouri. out there and like try to he was like pushing Missouri players. <laughs> like what are you what are you doing, bro? <laughs> he just had the Darth I just, Darth Vader. He just he was he was on off his rocker. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, well we'll see how that unfolds. Like you said, it's been hasn't been a week since the Gator Bowl. It feels like a ton of college football news yeah. has happened. So by the next time we reconvene for another eleven personnel, I'm sure we're gonna have plenty more to talk about, Adam Lucky. Absolutely. Well, folks, until then, enjoy the playoff games this weekend. We got a national championship game. Uh Bama, are they gonna roll tide roll? Oh, I think so. We didn't really talk about it, but that was damn impressive by Justin Fields. It's yeah. one of the better quarterback games I've ever seen. I hope he can play. College. I don't. I don't think he can. But if he plays at that level, then it'll be close. So I'm. I'm, I'm hoping that for a close like, game. It felt like Ohio State's national championship, though. Yeah, being Clemson. Yeah. Yeah. Getting revenge. Yeah. That was all. That all they focused about all offseason. That was what the one game they looked forward to. And they and showed they their hand too. It. A lot of stuff. Now yeah. the difference is, and how healthy play. is Fields, man? You know. Having Sermon being able to run the football, mm-hmm. they, didn't, they didn't have that in the regular season with uh, Master T. Which, by the way, the one guy I didn't really mind Williams got some clock from that game. Former UK recruit, I I paid close attention to him because I thought he was to be the guy. They ended up taking McLean yeah. instead, and Mayan Williams, his he had some games in high school with just like 460 yards in one game. Yeah, he's got some physicality to him. For he's sure. got some. He rolled some dudes over, but. That'll be fun. I um I ultimately think Bama will win. Very happy Devontae Smith on the Heisman yeah. too. Bama happy just, to see a receiver. They've been on a that. mission all year. It feels like the game they're gonna win. Oh yeah, definitely. What's the line for that anyway? It so, will open at seven. I haven't checked it this week. I'd still take it. I'd still take it. In Alabama, they they kept a lot of things close to the vest in that semi game. Oh yeah, yeah. Ooh, I loved I did the first half Bama cover, Notre Dame to cover the points for the total. So that was great. There you go. Some nice little great. double dip Got action. A little double dipping. Finish bowl week up one dollar. Lucky. it. So I won. If you could do that every year, man, it's a win. <laughs> and that's with going heavy in West Virginia. Wave, and then you end man. up having more a little bit more fun. West Virginia disappointed. Oh uh, yeah. I saw the KRC folks giving you some they gave me a lot of help. Some but stuff for that. Either way, we're still winners. The Cats are winners. They won the Gator Bowl. And uh, we're, we're tap dancing in 2021. Next week, we'll be right back talking more college football. Until then, thanks for listening. Go Cats and go Kroger.